Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to The Treatment Room, your occasional football spin-off of Under the Radar with Sean Hughes. This is the second part of Sean's interview with Steve Parrish, co-chairman of Crystal Palace. There's no doubt it's been a tough few months at Selhurst Park, so what's in store for the Eagles in the season ahead? Here's Sean with more. Now, I just want to talk about the, uh, the day-to-day, because, uh, you know, you get up in the morning, and um, what's the first thing you do for Palace? Um, well, I've got an office in London, so um, it's just completely varied. I mean, one day you're dealing with, you know, ground plans, expansion plans for the ground. Um, I mean, for example, this summer we're doing new pitch renovations, so under soil heating. For the first time ever. Listen, we talk about moments of truth, right? This is, this is our journey for trying to create a proper football club. It's all about moments of truth for the fans. You know, football fans like to see football clubs moving forward, you know, and... and that we tried to explain to somebody the other day that the most accessed story on our website all summer so far has been the undersoil heating. Well, this is quite big news for Palace. Well, you know what happens. No then. more abandoned games, Steve. Listen, what, 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 this is what this is. I was trying to explain that this is a football fan. So, when you've got very little to hold on to, if you're in the championship and you're not doing particularly well, you know, you gravitate towards something. With us, it's the academy and all that stuff. Because the other side of it is you've got your mate rings you. Oh, Boxing Day, I'm coming down for the game. Yeah, it might not be on. What do you mean it might not be on? Well, (laughs) there's a bit of snow forecast. Well, you just turn the undersoil on. No, we don't have undersoil. Don't have undersoil? Don't have undersoil? What kind of a football club are you? Are we the only ones in the Premiership that haven't got it? Um, I would imagine so. Yeah, Burnley have have probably got it from the last time they were there, haven't they? You have to have it. You can have it. You get a year's dispensation. And then you have to have it. But along with that, we're going to do all the pitch thresholds. So it looks really nice. We're putting new seats in the Arthur Waite. I want the football grass. What, the whole Arthur Waite new suits? Yeah, new seats, yeah. Just so it all looks nice, you know, and neat. It, we want to get it like a Fulham. You know, Fulham's an old ground, but yeah, it looks really cool. neat when you go there. So that's what we want to get so to. So you're going to build a river beside the... We're going to build a river, yeah, and get some... Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, that's... Somebody said to me the other day at the, at the Premier League, they said... You know, you, you, you want to ground, you'd be proud of us. So we'll steady on. We'll get to proud maybe down the road somewhere. Right now, I'd settle for one I'm not ashamed of. You know, that's, yeah. and that's, I think, for the fans. So, car parking. What are you going to do about car parking, Steve? Well, the car parking, you know, you know, less and less football grounds have got car parking. I know, but at least yeah. we've got a bit. You know, it's there, sure. Well, because, like, it's in such a blocked up area, it's impossible to park. Yeah, it's very difficult to I park. I got towed away once. Train, Sean. I'm telling you, Victoria to sell us 23 minutes. Yeah, but it's there's the way hooligans forward. on those trains, Steve. There's hooligans, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, I'm sure you can, you know, divide yourself from the. You, you, the is, there, is there a first class? bad experience with one Leeds. group of fans, Leeds fans, oh, no, all I've, those I've, years I've ago. Gone, no, uh, we're not painting Leeds fans as hooligans, Sean. We should just no, point that out. No, in the 70s, they were, though. But, um, I, I I had to get trains back with Millwall fans. That's not nice. That's uh, not listen, an enjoyable day. Uh, Millwall fans have always been great to me. You know, I mean, my, my grandfather was a Millwall supporter, and, and the people down that run the club are fantastic. So, 
You know, you're oh, not, not going to get me having an issue with any football fans. No, absolutely, I'm just I'll, be, I'll be I'll be pilloried forever. They're all no, they're all wonderful. I think uh, football fans in general like you. You know, not just Palace fans. I think it's it, it's nice to be accessible, isn't it, for fans? Yeah. I don't understand why you wouldn't answer their questions as much as you can. I mean, obviously, you don't you're talking about transfer targets and confidential information. I mean. It's difficult, you know, but if, if, if they want to know anything about our club, 95% of it, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy to tell them. So. What's, the, what's our budget for uh, transfers this year? See, now that's something, right? If I tell you the budget for transfers, then every agent and every football club yeah, out there enough. knows exactly what I've got in my yeah. pocket to spend. You yeah, know? that's a very good point. And, and that, that just disadvantages us as a club. I think it will become apparent. You know, we, 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 we're going to put a bit in the playing side this year, you know. In the end, I'm involved in everything with the football club, and I take responsibility for yeah. it. You know, um, if we sign somebody and, and they don't work out, I take responsibility for it. If we sign somebody and it does work out, you know, some of the reason for that is is me and the people that we've got working. Yeah. But you know, we're, we're we're in a situation in, in British football where I'm not going to buy players that the manager doesn't want. Right, the manager's got to select those targets. We, we're not Chelsea. We don't go right. We want Diego Costa, yeah. and we're going to keep offering you a number. Until you start giving and say yes, right? That's I wish you were a bit like that. Though. We're not though. That's <laughs> not where we are yet. So, what we need to do is we need to find players that where the club is interested in selling them, or the players interested in moving, or they're a year left on their contract. Yeah. So it's all about up in the air. And and we've got foreign scouts, and they produce dossiers on foreign players to say, look, we think this player could be one for the future. Is and then I'll do the deal, right? So that's that's for me. The deal's got to be right for our football club. Well, every that's fascinating. So you'll d- you'll talk to the agent, Robin. and is it a bit like uh, you go in low and then you just like normal life? You haggle. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, pe- people have got different ways of doing it, haven't they? Yeah. You know, I, I I I tend to be more. Look, this is what I'm going to do, and you know, you can start there all you like, but this is roughly where we yeah. th- where we think we are, and you just learn the people that like to haggle and start high and come down you learn the people that are more you know this is what i want i'm not really going to budge from that because i think i can get it um you know you 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 kind of learn but it's a very difficult landscape because the the agents have got all the information you know they know you know and and they get all the stories in the paper that you know three or four other clubs want them that's often it's not always nonsense it's it's I mean, it's the old story, isn't it? Fifty percent of the stuff you read in the paper is true. Fifty percent of it's made up. It's just yeah. you don't know what fifty percent is what. You know, that's some of it's so unbelievably accurate that you just where did they get that from? That's incredible, and some of it's just that's someone just made that up yesterday. You know, well, yeah, it does seem there's a lot of like, and everyone loves reading, uh, you know, transfer speculation. So they're just well, I think what's happened, you know yourself, for the printed media, particularly, you know, they need to get people to click on links to look at banners, right? So yeah. that they get. So, and and now you know, there's way more stories online than ever appear in the in the papers, and there's all these so so the voracious appetite for any tidbit, and they know. I mean, Twitter. I think the number one content driver is football, isn't it? And yeah, but it's know, always just uh, there's hardly any gossip on that though. Like, there's no proper news comes on. No, but I mean, the it goss- gets there quick. The gossip propagates the chatter, doesn't yeah. it? And then the games propagate that. And I think because it's such a driver for interest like they know if they plant a story about palace or put a story out there about palace that you know at least x hundred you know thousand well, I'm, people i'm tweeting the underside heat and straight away sorry i'm tweeting the underside heat and straight away it's gone yeah, it's <laughs> gone out but well, everyone knows about that i'm not giving you any secrets but um specific on like on a, on a day-to-day like so you have your office in central london yeah, yeah and then just i'll you- go down to the club when i need to so we're doing a lot more refurbishments to lounges 
you know, the threshold of the pitch. We've got to build a media centre for the Premier League. We've got floodlight issues because they're upgrading all the amount of light that you need to have and flicker free so you can have super, super slow motion. And So there's all that stuff. Yeah. Then you've got all the players that are coming up out of contract, dealing with all the youth players and the scholar contracts and the... You know, and then there's other big issues. Didn't we sign a six-year-old or something this summer? There was something in the paper. Doubt you're not allowed to sign, but nine is the youngest you can sign. You can get them to come in for training and stuff like that. So we get six, seven-year-olds. I mean, I'll go down to the training ground. It's it's astonishing, isn't it? I I popped in the training ground. I think a couple of summers ago, I was busting. I just I'll go in there, and 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 there were two eight-year-olds. Right. You know, in the middle of the summer with their families going yeah. round, and it was a tug of war between us, Fulham, and Arsenal. We've apparently. got good training uh, facilities because they're okay. That's another thing we want to upgrade. We want to be a Category One academy. It's very important to us, our academy, as you know, the youngsters we've got in the area and being part of the fabric of the community. And we'd like to be a Category One academy instead of two. And the facility we've got is probably a little bit small for that. So, so what do you make of when they brought in that rule? I think a couple of years ago that now bigger clubs can just take one of our 15 year olds and give us pittance well yeah I mean we're we're fortunate in that unfortunate you know because of the, the nature of our area and and re- relatively underprivileged most of the kids in our academy you know not all but right. most of them you know a lot of kids that maybe got foster parents or single parents and you know, are they really going to go to Liverpool at 14 years old you know really you know it doesn't really matter so you're purposely looking for these poor lads yeah, who have exactly. got not much in their life and so you're staying but in any, palace any kid even if, they, even if they've got a, you know a strong nuclear family and they live in Croydon you know yeah. 14 well, are their parents really going to want them to go and live in Liverpool you know it's just or, or Manchester yeah. so we don't suffer from it as badly as other clubs if you get Cat 1 the problem almost goes away right. there's also a way of managing it um, but the, the, the main thing for us Cat 1 is the games programme explain Cat 1 to us Category 1 is the top level academy you have to have a certain level of facilities to get it. I mean, you know, look, I hope it makes a difference. You know, there's a little bit of me that watches Uruguay and Costa Rica and watches us get, you know, spanked by Uruguay and think, well, what cones and bibs and yeah. coaches and all that have they well, got? Well, that's the country in the, uh, in the tournament. You know, and, and we're getting run around by Costa Rica and, you, you know, you kind of think, but look... I'm willing to buy into anything that, that potentially could make it better. Well, just as an idea I've had all my adult life, and I think there should be the law that at least six of your first-team players have to be from the area. Yeah, but it's EU law. You can't do any of that because of EU law. And I it know, takes yeah. one player to challenge it, and, and, and that would be it. You know, I, Listen, personally, I think it's hunger and desire that get you to success. And the problem is, in the Premier League, because it's the richest league in the world... For English players, it's too easy for that hunger and desire to be fulfilled if you're quite good. Because most teams in the Premier League want to play a modicum of English players because the fans like it. Um, And also, you know, they're kind of a known quantity and they understand the league. Which means that typically, I mean, the Premier League's so wealthy, they're probably earning, you know, a lot more money than they could if they were going to go out in the global market. You know, so, I mean, the Uruguay defender, I think, you know, they were saying, I don't know if it's true, but... That was marking Rooney's on twelve grand a week. You know, Rooney's yeah. on three hundred. But know. see, how would you feel like if, say, you were you, you liked a Uruguayan defender? Doesn't that have to take on board like culturally? It's going to take them at least six months to. Start yeah, I mean, just because they play well for their national team in the World Cup doesn't mean they're going to come and live and be happy in South London. Yeah. You know, it's it's all about that's a completely different kettle of fish. You know, what's their language skills? 
you know, will their family settle? You know, it's yeah. all very well you you being okay and you're playing football, but if you're going home and the wife's miserable every day and she can't speak to anybody and she hasn't got a job and she's got no fulfilment in her life, then 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 it can make for a very unhappy player. So that's why it's the it's it's the when you're looking for players and the reason that British naturalised players are get paid more is because it's the thing of of kind of too few and too many so there are too few players that you absolutely definitely know can come and do a job at a certain level for you yeah Equ- that, that inflates their value equally you then know that there are thousands of other players out there 11 of which are probably better than you know the ones you've got right. but you've got no idea which 11 sure and you've got no idea whether they'll come and actually settle and perform at the level they can perform for you because of their you know national status is that what happened moment. to that that young spanish player last year he just didn't settle at all did he didn't settle at all and uh, he's a very skillful player by all accounts the agent told me that he was i said what's his english like before we signed him and he said uh yeah very good really good he said his his, his girlfriend's is slightly better than his but is his is okay well, his girlfriend knew one word. <laughs> Goal! And uh, and Jose, unfortunately, you know, he struggled to get to grips with the language. He'll be back in training, so, you know, we'll try and make it work. he's been in him. Germany, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's a lovely, lovely lad. His girlfriend's a wonderful, wonderful girl as well. But I think, look, they all find it hard to settle when they're not playing. That's the problem. Yeah. If they're playing and they feel like they're moving forward, then everything kind of falls into place. You know, I'm pretty hardened to it. Do you use the same business principle that you were in your successful business as you do with Palace, or is it totally different? I've had to change them slightly, because they just, you, you can't, you, you just, I don't think that the things I've had to change are necessarily right, but I, I can't change the way football works. It's yeah. not going to change for me. You know, it's, it, it, it works the way it works, and it's got the people in it that it's got. So I've got to adapt to a certain extent to that. I mean, always I try and... I mean, I think the business principles that I had in the other business were just good principles, yeah. you know, so I try and keep, you know, all those principles at all time. But sometimes, you know, you just have to pay, you know, you, you like, if you know the agent's got the power, right, You sometimes you just have to pay, unfortunately, you know, not that I want them to particularly, you know. I know, I know. Uh, but, like, would you, like, is this you now for forever or, like, if, say, like, with Liverpool and if some huge multinational company said I want to buy a palace would you sell it? I think it'd be hard to stand in the way of progress you know because you, know, you said that from the start and you said this is just to save you you, yeah. you never said this is me forever did you? It is a burden sure I mean I'm yeah. not just saying that you know it is a burden you know you carry the hopes and dreams of so many people on your shoulders and the decisions that you make and you know it, 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 I, I'm not going to be able to do it forever it's, it's quite a lot of pressure at times and, and and i thrive on pressure you know but it, it it's just one of those things where i feel like at some point the club could do with a real shot of investment you know just so you can right. do things really quick and if the right person came along that was willing to do that then it would have to be something we looked at because you've got to remember you're not going to own a football club forever it's been going 109 years and yeah. it'll be going a thousand years after i leave it i'm, I'm sure so you have to manage your way in and you have to manage your way out. But even though you say it's a burden, I just can see from your face that you're so passionate about the job, though, aren't you? Yeah, listen, every day that it's it's there and it, it's got to be done and it's my responsibility to do it, I'll get up and I'll do the best job that I possibly can. But I'm just saying, you asked me, at some point you've got to get out, right? Either hand it on to somebody else to run or, you know, sell it to somebody or something. You've got to manage that exit and you yeah. don't want to be a forced seller or you don't want to be 
being forced out any point, sure, do you? Yeah. You know, so y- y- I think it's just something you've got to be mindful of. Because are you the co-chairman or the chairman? Because well, I'm the, well, well, because of the whole personality thing with Mark and Simon, and, and I, I felt with Simon that rightly or wrongly, you know, that, that his persona became bigger than the club. Yeah. So when I got everybody together originally, um, I wanted it to be about the club. You know, I don't want it to be about Steve Parish. I don't do many of these things. I, do, I appreciate I do, You know, I do, I do, I talk about the football and I talk about the club, you know, and so I, I created this thing in 2010 and, it's, you know, I wanted the guys that came in to feel like they had a, you know, a real part of it and, and they've been great. And, and Stephen, first of all, Martin was co-chairman because he'd been with me from the beginning. And again, with your other business? No, he'd been with me from the beginning of the possibility of, him, of doing the Palace thing. So okay. he'd said, right from the beginning, I'll do it with you. And Steve and I only met three weeks before, three or four weeks before we we, we finally agreed to do it. Um, and Stephen does a fair bit with the fans. He's like having a fan on the right. on, on on the board, you know. So, you know, I I, I, I work in the business day to day and run it day to day. Maybe we could, you know, Stephen could be the president. I don't really care. So, did you, know. you have to buy it from um, the administrator? Yeah. So, but Simon was the biggest creditor. Right. So if essentially you had to nod it through, or it wouldn't have gone through. So. But was it like... I- Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I obviously don't want to get into detail, but it was like like 2p in the pound type thing. That's the kind of deal. Yeah, a bit more than that. Yeah, no, not, not a lot more. Right. You know, I and mean, you made Simon then, obviously, slightly... Uh, no, I don't think he... I, I think he's kind of... Um, I think, you know, like most people, when, when something like that happens you know the human condition is such that it's quite hard to blame yourself for yeah. too long so i think there's i've a- got his book at home i haven't read it it's okay you know it's okay you know he's look he's it, it, it's a really it's been a really difficult time for him i can imagine you know yeah. and and he picked our club off for administration you know and he did did a good job with it you know unfortunately he got himself into difficulties you know i've heard things that he's sort of rewritten history a bit and and you know there was some big conspiracy to get him out of there which you know there wasn't you know the fact of the matter was um, th- there was a period when I was chatting to him wh- where I thought that you know maybe we would do something with him, uh, but it became apparent that you know frankly we didn't need to, and you know so we didn't you know as simple as that. Is he is he invited down to the games or does he just not want anything to do with it now? I don't think he wants anything to do with it. No, and and he's he's he's, he's not particularly. Um, I think it's just difficult watching it for him. You know, I mean, I yeah, think I can imagine. It's yeah. hard, you know, to to have put the amount of time that he put into it and. To have the ending that he did, it's just difficult. See, because what did you think when... Did you think we were going to be in trouble when... What was the guy before that who just went silly and started spending stupid money? Mark. Yeah. Yeah, Mark's a really good lad. I know, absolutely. He wanted to do things, but obviously, you know, he just went about it all the wrong way. Well, Mark's story, uh, and I think it's... You know, I think he had other investors that promised him they would come in once he went in, and then they all... Ran. But wasn't it that, like I remember the story at the time where like uh, he was been taken for a ride like and I think Venables wanted so much money and a free car and he was going yep yeah, yep yeah, you can have all those 
And yeah, then you seem much more astute. You're just going, no, get your own car. Yeah, but, I, you know, those, those guys have been great for me, haven't they, Simon and Mark? Because yeah. they're kind of a... You know, I've, I've watched that because it's our yeah. club. I've watched it closely. And, you know, maybe... Ten, you know, Mark was quite a bit younger then, as was Simon. You know, I mean, Simon's you know younger than me now, and was much much younger than me when he took over. So, you know, I think that they did a lot of things that a lot of people would do if they bought their football club. Yeah. You know, and and obviously I had the fortune, good fortune, to be able to watch that yeah. from afar and sort of thought well, that didn't really seem to work, did it? I'll make sure if I ever, you know, if, if I ever got involved, I wouldn't do that. So, um, yeah, th- I mean, they've been to their own detriment, but they've been sort of great in terms of making some mistakes and being able to look at those and And have we have we still got the same infrastructure with staff for a long long time now yeah or do you bring in some of your own trying to bring in some new people i mean it is you know the girls doing the uh well the cheerleaders just i think they're quite they've been a success well they they, they get a lot of press not very pc are they but i mean there (laughs) you go you know it's 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 you know i think actually they're good wholesome fun they give girls you know kind of something to aspire to and be involved with the football club um, and like you say, fantastic interest. The first video we made, two and a half million hits on YouTube. I mean, for somebody in advertising to get two and a half million. I remember we used to try to do lots more uh, pre-match entertainment, and I remember uh, they had a skydiver come in once. Did he miss? Well, no, he, but he broke his leg, so the game went on ten minutes later when the ambulance came and <laughs> That's took so him palace, off. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the firework. Do you remember the firework display that Simon had in the broad daylight? Right, that was the one. I mean, it was a lovely gesture. It was November the fifth. There was a game, and the game finished, and there was a fight. But it was broad daylight. You <laughs> and so where? Uh, like, I know this is a ridiculous question, but you, you, I, I can tell straight away we're not going down. Listen, misfortune can always before you injuries and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, we'll be doing we'll be doing our level best to to not. I think we've got to be not complacent. You know, just forget last year. I think people have a, a soft spot for Palace. For the name, the strip, and because we are just something happens every year at Palace. We're never dull, are we? No. I, I, you know, I, I just think last year as well. You know, there was a, there, again a moment of truth. Three nil down to Liverpool. Yeah. Seventy-seven minutes. No one left. Everyone kept singing, and we got back to three all. And 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 I think that epitomises everything about a football club. And the the problem I've got is that I believe football clubs create their own reality. They create their own position in 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 the, the the kind of hierarchy of football, and and it's about breaking out of that. And I think if you look at Atletico Madrid this year, oh, they've, bro- they've yeah. broken out of that. And what we've got to do is do that on a consistent basis. And it's all about expectation. It's all about everybody just raising their expectation, us getting more belief, becoming a more professional outfit, and and feeling like we deserve to be there because we do. Mm. Right, we deserve to be there, and um, we should have a sustained if not a forever run in the Premier League that's what we should be aiming well, yeah, for it's like, I think we've always had a lack of confidence haven't we I think there's always been this kind of oh you know that's Palace you know yeah. we, we all I mean we go back to Simon I mean he had you know maybe we've had good fortune as well or I've had good fortune you know as, as Jeremy one of one of the investors you know says you know give me a lucky general every time you know I mean Simon the year they were in the Premier League it could all have been so different couldn't it but yeah. for you know, we were two one up against Southampton, and and that, that's all we needed to do was win that game. We'd have stayed up. So, um, but we need to just get our belief system and believe like we deserve to be there. And I think we do, and I think we can stay there. And then I think, like you say, we've got this fantastic brand, fantastic strip, fantastic name that I think can garner attention all over the world. And we need. So to that's the next step, then. Right? Look, you need to get because of commercial revenues are very important in the Premier League shirt sponsorship, and it's all about overseas income. I mean, yeah. 
So where are we popular overseas then? Well, you know, we've got... On Facebook this year, we've had a 1,600% increase in Facebook likes. Only 13%, 13, one, three are UK. Right. So, you know, the Premier League's... Ma- we've got 9,000 people that liked our Facebook page from Egypt, for example, and it's just... It's all over the place. I mean, Premier so League gets... The Premier League gets... Uh, from overseas broadcast broadcasters, the Premier League, for example, gets about 14 times the money that the NFL yeah. get. The next biggest league in the world in terms of overseas broadcasting revenue is La Liga and it gets about 20% 30% of what the Premier League get you know most of the um, league, I think you could buy La Liga the Bundesliga the French First Division NFL the NBA and the baseball and you'd still have change from what it costs overseas broadcasters to buy the Premier League well, so I'm going to Egypt for my holidays bring, bring me strip over be very I popular. saw some research the other day Egypt are the most engaged country in the world in football and the most engaged country in the world in the Premier League and putting journalists in prison as well they yeah, do that quite they, well and, they, and you can have quite a nice holiday in there yeah um, well look Stephen it's been lovely so uh, so we're looking good for you're feeling very relaxed about the new season I know it's a stressful day today yeah I mean I'd like to get you know we need to get a couple of players over the line um, we're trying to just finalise contracts with, with the players that are out of contract because yeah. that gives you a bit of continuity yeah, you know yeah. what you've got um, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be okay. I think. So, how many players are we looking to buy? I think it's kind of four or five, maybe, maybe four, and then a couple of loans, right. and then a couple of the younger players step up from the. You know, the loans don't really materialise until late in the day, sure, pretty yeah. much. So, um, and would you be looking like uh, for London clubs because then obviously they they know the culture and stuff. Just good players, just yeah. good players. I mean, if they're good players. And you might be you're inclined to take a bit more of a risk with loans, so you might go overseas maybe for one. You can have as many loans from overseas as you want, and well, only two from Premier League. So when we played Watford that time, they yeah they they stopped that in the Championship, but right. it still exists in in the in the Premier League. An overseas loan is a transfer, right? Right, so you get the registration of the player for a period. It's exactly the same as a transfer, whereas a loan in the UK is a different thing so you can only have two from the uk but you can have uh, an unlimited amount so with when like with shimaki was on loan did, did we, we pay- actually bought him yeah we bought we, for a year yeah what yeah so we, we bought actually it was a free transfer right with an amount of money to arsenal if we stayed up which we did so, so we, not a, even arsenal they, they've got enough money when i having to do deals like that with them well, it's all about you know there's a person whose job there is to you know, charity are they not well, just lob us players you did, know did you know just on a footballing note if uh, liverpool had won the um the championship they w- would have had to give them portsmouth uh, half a million quid that's right yeah for yeah. johnson well, yeah johnson yeah, yeah glenn johnson yeah, glenn johnson, yeah. See, it's weird when you hear it. so have you got lots of little deals like that always contingencies out there all the time in the championship they kept us going you know right. when, when victor went to chelsea that was a good day yeah, yeah, of course. But so, um, when um, when you loan a player, do the, do the existing team pay their wages, or do you pay the wages? Do anything you like. could be anything. Right. So, you could pay more than they're earning, you could pay less than they're earning, you could pay nothing, you could pay anything. You, could, you can write any deal you like, more or less. And so, do you go into the dressing room at all? Yeah, after games, often I'll pop in there, particularly away, particularly if we've lost. What, and just go... No, just go down. No, just just, just get out of the boardroom. You know, just just not have to stand there and you know, no, go down there. And I think it's important. You do look very solemn at the games. You've got cameras on you all the time. Yeah, you you know, you don't want to be picking your nose. Or Palace, you know, (laughs) you're you're just really solemn. I I think sometimes it is 
it's unbelievably tense, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. You know, there's a picture of me at Hull where I look like I'm going to throw up, you know. But so, like, every time we win a game, that's more money for the club, then, in various different ways, or it's just the feel-good. Obviously, you get uh, money for finishing higher. Yeah, so th- you don't get any money that day, yeah, you know, no. but you get, obviously, you're, you've got more chance of staying in the league, so... Um, but if you lose, you've got less chance of staying in the league. So it's just the, the, the and everyone likes to win, don't they? Well, you know. well, yeah, but you know that's why when uh, when the bigger teams like when United had that poor season, you just go look. This is what it's like for most of us all the I time. I had a fan ring in on six oh six, Man United fan, and sort of two thirds way through the season said, "If this carries on, that's it. I've been going twenty five years. I know. I'm ripping up my team." And and I think it's Alan Green or somebody was literally like, "Are you serious?" Uh, people just don't know what the hell. That's misery, good. isn't it? I yeah. think to expect your football club to win something every year must be misery. You know, whereas for us, it's look at the joy it's brought this year. So after. realistically, you can't understand the joy unless you've had years of depths of absolutely. misery. Sean, can you? Ab- absolutely, and, and I feel part of that community as well. And uh, like, it's the bonding between football fans is great. Yeah, but it's um, I, I started doing a whole new routine about because when, when I'm on stage, I always say I support Crystal Palace and. Always on the booze because that's the way it is. Yeah. And I says, uh, you're, "You're booing something that I love." Can you imagine if I introduce you to a girl now and said, "This is the love of my life." You just go boo, and just let them know that what they're doing is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, yeah. But um, I it, don't, I don't go in for the hating other football teams. I don't, I don't. I just who do you hate? I just love. I don't hate football teams. I just love my team. You know, and who don't and, you like? I don't not like anyone really. Honestly, I mean, we've got this wonderful rivalry with Brighton, which I think it's. If you haven't got a football team that properly dislikes you, I mean, I was really proud the first time we went to their stadium and they all sang Stand Up If You Hate Palace because I thought we're a proper football club, right? If you haven't got a proper rival, you're not a proper football club, yeah, are you? We, uh, that rivalry is the weirdest rivalry. It's, it's to do with Alan Mullery or something, Alan isn't Mullery it? and Terry Venables and... We played them loads when we were in the third division, and I've had it explained to me 50 times, I know, and I yeah. still don't understand it. I know, it. it's ridiculous trying but, to... But it's, it's alive and well yeah. and kicking in. And, of course, you have to explain it to every manager, because they don't... They're what? what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Alan right. Mullery. Um, so, um, just explain the offside rule for a sensitive. The offside rule? Yeah. You have to have two players between you and the goal when the ball's played to you. Right, I think that's a, that's a nice way to stop it. Yeah. Um, this is the thing that really annoys me because I love the FA Cup and even teams like Palace now are putting out B-sides listen we've, we've spoken about that we certainly I hope that the things I've said don't encourage people to not put out B-sides yeah. it seems incongruous to me you know surely you play football for glory there's only three tournaments that you yeah. can you, you know you could in fact realistically for most football clubs in the Premier League there's only two tournaments that you could possibly yeah. win which would be the FA Cup and the, and the League Cup so we, we certainly, you know, you've got to be circumspect about it because you saw Sunderland, I think, had two big cup runs yeah. and you saw... I don't understand psychologically how that's working out. You know, they say, oh, yeah, the cup run put them off the... Uh, well, I think the it league. did, though. I think it See, does. The other thing I don't understand... It's tiring. You know, I mean, I know that they're professional footballers and yeah. they're paid a lot of money, but that doesn't make you any less, you know, tired when you're yeah, playing a lot of games. Surely they love playing football. And this is what I don't understand going, oh, we'll rest him this week. It's just it, 90 minutes. Listen, you love playing football, but... It's just ninety minutes. I mean, have a go. Sean, oh yeah, you know. I'm not a professional. I mean, tra- train every day. I mean, these guys now, you know, you're talking about they're playing against guys that if they haven't played that week, you know, are just you, you can only make your body do what it can do. Yeah. You know, it can't, it can't. I mean, in fact, one of the things you know, we've got GPSs now, and all the players when they train every day. I mean, it's freaky, isn't it? Right. So, right. got these GPS systems. You know, the vests you see them yeah, wearing. Yeah. 
So now that's just checking the. You know exactly how far they run. Right. You know their heart rate, everything. And in fact, because of all that technology and because of sports science, people actually train probably slightly less. Right. So the reason you see a lot less injuries is because there's a lot more recovery time because they now know the stats sure. from people that get injured. They know from the heart rates of players if they're approaching a point where they might get injured. All the players are tested for their pH levels every morning when they come to training because if they're dehydrated then there's more of a chance. So, you know, as a professional footballer, you know, they lead a pretty, you know, f- they're machines really. You know, and you if you try and do that twice a week and train in between and travel and not really get proper sleep, you can only run till your body won't run sure. physically run anymore. You know, it's, 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 I know everybody says, should be able to do anything they're paid. Well, you know, if you were paid 10 million quid a minute, well, you couldn't stay up for 24 hours every oh, day, I could you? A good old go. I know you would, but you wouldn't be able to do it, would you? Physically, at some point, you'd fall asleep. You know? But, um, so, do, with the training, is it two sessions a day or is it just the one? Oh, it depends. You know, they, you know, they might do training in the mornings and then yoga in the afternoons or gym work depends where so the they're around is. the club then you know every single player is at a different point if they're playing it's more about rest and recovery right if they're not playing or they've maybe got an injury or maybe they've got a long-term problem and they need to strengthen the muscles around it they might be doing a lot of extra work so you know most players would rather start the training ground doing something than trying to fill their days necessarily you know is uh, is our big striker is he fully fit now because we brought Glenn, him yeah yeah definitely i think he's he was very unlucky wasn't he really unlucky it just takes time doesn't it to get to the pace of the of the premier yeah. league and just get used to it again but yeah no he's, he's a top top lad as well re- re- again we you know one of the things that you learn about football by the way when you're in it is that the spirit of the squad and the harmony in the squad and and the type of characters you've got are so important that's your lot for The Treatment Room and our special guest, Steve Parrish. If you like what you've heard, you can help us out by posting a review on iTunes or sending a tweet to at Mr. Sean Hughes. Sean will be under the radar again very soon. This has been a Dogs in the Field production. Thanks for listening.